0: long ago there were these people and they lived in a time that was kind of dark dark meaning like people were pretty mean and not many people were happy well in this time there lived two people joseph and mary And they were traveling to a place called Bethlehem. And when they got to Bethlehem, they were... Well, Mary was very pregnant. Pregnant. She had a baby. She was very, very pregnant. And they were traveling along the road, and it was dusty and bumpy, and Mary was on a donkey. You know what a donkey is, like a horse? And Joseph walked beside her with his cane. See his cane? And when they got to Bethlehem, they needed a place to stay really badly. And so Joseph went to the door of an inn. An inn is like a hotel. He knocked on the door. Do you have any room for us? My wife is very pregnant. And they said, no, we don't have any rooms. Better go to another place. So he went to another place. Do you have any room for us? My wife is very, very pregnant. No, we don't have any room. So finally, they kept getting further and further away from the town, and finally they found a place to stay. It was a barn. It was the only place they could stay. And so Joseph made a little bed for Mary in the barn, and the bed was made out of straw for the animals. So it was a dark time. Remember I said the people weren't very happy? And they were praying... For somebody to come and change the world. They wanted someone to come and change the world and make people happier. And they prayed and they prayed and years and years went by. Well, everyone knows that that night Mary was very pregnant. She had a baby. And the little baby's name was Jesus. So baby Jesus was born that night in that barn. And this was the most important thing to happen in the world. And little baby Jesus was the most important person to be born in the world. And all he was in a barn. There was nothing fancy about it. There was no one to greet him, no uh, celebrations or anything. But wow. there were these wise men. And these wise men came from very far away. Look how fancy they are. These wise men, they knew where the baby was going to be born because they saw a star, a light in their forehead, and they followed that star, and it led them right to the barn. And look what they had. They each had a gift, and they brought this gift for the baby. Here's the second one. And they had... One of them had frankincense, one of them had myrrh, one of them had a chest of gold. You want to see the baby? And this is the other wise man. See? And they put the baby in a manger. And a manger is just a place where they put, put food for the animals to eat. So they put a blanket down to make you more comfortable. And they put him in there. Nothing very fancy. So there they were, the three wise men. They had their presents. They gave their presents to the baby Jesus. And he was in there sleeping. But up in the hills, there was a shepherd boy. Not very important, like the three wise men were very important looking. Well, he was just a shepherd boy. His job was to watch after the sheep. And see how this one is carrying his sheep on his shoulders? Sometimes they would do that when the sheep were really little. So he was asleep. Nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, an angel came. And the angel was in the sky. And the angel was shining very brightly. And the shepherd boy woke up. And the angel said, The Christ child has been born, the one we've all been praying for. He's been born. This is good news for everybody in the world. And then she flew down. And the shepherd boy, do you think he went back to sleep? No, No, he woke up and he said, wow, this is very important. All people's prayers have happened and this little baby is born and where is he? and he looked where the angel went, way down in the valley, and he decided to go down and see what it was about. So he went down into the valley, and he found a little barn where the baby was born, and he got to the door, and he was looking in the door, and all he could see was these very richly dressed people. Like this. See their clothes? And one of them was in the way, and he couldn't see around him. And finally he looked, and he saw... There was a baby in there. Everybody was looking at the baby. And then the wise man noticed the little boy. The baby came out. And the, he moved out of the way, and he said, come in. He wasn't too fancy. He let the little boy come in. The little boy came in, and he was looking at the baby. Everybody was looking at this baby. And then finally, the little boy, he was so curious, he wanted to know what was so special about this baby. And he said, Who is that baby? And the wise man said, That's Jesus the Christ. There he is. He's the one we've been praying for. And the the wise man said, And he is going to help everybody find heaven inside. And the little boy thought, Heaven inside? Heaven is far away. Heaven is after you die. That's what they tell me. And they sat really still and looked and looked and finally the little boy felt. He started to feel a little piece of that heaven inside. And this little baby, Jesus, he grew up. That's his picture when he grew up. This one right here. So when he grew up, he taught many, many people how to find heaven inside. And remember I said this story is long ago and far away? Well, really, it's also a story about right now, because he is still, this great soul is still teaching us all how to find that heaven within. This is the story of Christmas.
1: Once again, welcome to everyone on our Christmas Eve Sunday service and it's such a wonderful thing to come together in the spirit of god yesterday many of us joined in following the tradition of that our guru started 86 years ago i figured out this morning first one was 1931 we had an 8 hour meditation focusing on the christ consciousness and it just was it keeps you going for many, many months to partake in something like that. And we're so happy to share that vibration with all of you who have come, whether you participated totally or partially. But it's a great gift to the world when people come together to awaken God's presence both within them and in the world around them. So, for our topic, This week, and we have some fun things to share with you that Jyotish will share later. But I will begin by reading from Rays of the One Light, and our topic this week is the Divine Ascension. Truth is one and eternal, realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of Saint John, chapter 14, we read, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is this I, when spoken by a master who has conquered every vestige of ego consciousness? Therein lies the mystery of true scriptural teaching. That I, that is no I, does it even exist? In what way is it different from the consciousness that animates other human beings? Jesus was not saying, look at me, don't look at other masters. He was saying rather, look at the divine self that is the essence of who you are your very self you are that i no man cometh unto the divine consciousness except by first recognizing his own intrinsic divinity hidden behind his delusive ego the bhagavad gita in the fourth chapter states o son of prita arjuna in whatever way people accept me, in that same way do I appear to them. For all men, in some way, pursue the path to me. Meditate on the divine incarnations, their lives, and the consciousness animating them. It will be your stairway to the infinite. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken mankind oh.
2: <laughs> but soon it shall be revealed that I have a purpose behind it <laughs> because I got an email from someone in Europe and a dear friend wanted to send greetings to us
1: oh. uh-huh.
0: though my physical body is not there my spirit is ever with you And my voice is with you now, talking to you from my heart,
3: my soul, my spirit. God bless you all, and a very, very blessed Christmas, that you may every day feel Christ within you.
2: Now you can take that away and put it in its proper place. And then, secondly, we got an email from Haridas and Roma, and they sent something from. They are they are long, long-time members of Ananda, and they're serving now as the leaders in the community in uh, Bangalore, India. And they sent to us a beautiful letter from Master from 1933, and so we usually read from Whispers from Eternity, one of his prayer poems or prayer demands, but I thought I would read this this morning instead. So this appeared in the East-West Magazine in 1933. To my friends in all lands and in all worlds, greetings and goodwill. Wherever you are, whoever you are, of whatever color, race or creed, I send you my love and my pledge of loyalty. You, who for thousands of years or for only a day, have worked and fought for justice, freedom and truth, receive my gratitude and devotion. You who dwell in palaces or hovels, in cities or jungles, in mansions or dungeons, If in your hearts there is the urge toward higher, better living and loftier ideals, believe me when I say I am your friend and that I count you blessed friends of mine. Many of you I have known in the past and some of you I have never seen. But I think that in God's appointed time I shall meet each one of you face to face, and give you proof of my affection. However, it matters little that we are not together now, nor does it matter that time and space may separate us by almost infinite distances. The only thing that counts is that we are friends, working together for a common cause, the cause of righteousness and the expansion of consciousness of the children of the Most High. Although I see you not, I often feel your presence near or thrill with the noble thoughts which you send out to find their home in the minds attuned to yours. Although you may never read the words which I am penning now, I declare to you, that you shall feel the vibrations of tenderness and kindness which emanate from me to all of you. Our work, our love, our purposes are all one. March on, dear friends, to higher, brighter goals. Continue in your dreams of happier days and in your deeds of service to your kind. Protect the torch of faith from the winds of doubt and let no storm disturb your peace of mind. Farewell, dear friends of mine, until we meet. We can take that as being from Master. We can take that as being from Jesus. We can take that those words as being from God Himself. Herself, because at the highest state of consciousness, everything and everyone merges into God. You know, the original title for the autobiography of a yogi was not Autobiography of a Yogi, it was Yogi Christs of India. And so it was meant to show that, as we heard in the reading from Uh, Swami this morning it was meant to show that Christ is not a person in fact it's not even supposed to be the name of a person that's the confusion that we have it's a title so it's Jesus the Christ not Jesus Christ as if that's his last name (laughs) So Jesus, the Christ, is the Christ because he has the state of consciousness that was being talked about there. The state of consciousness where he has lost the sense of egoic separation from others and has realized his divinity and in that realization that all he is is a divine one might say emanation or divine incarnation, in that high state of consciousness he is unified with God. And what he says is that no man cometh unto the Father. No man comes to God but by that state of consciousness. Now assuming that we're all yogis, yogi Christ of India, that's what we're trying to become, maybe not of India, but we're trying to become yogi Christ, assuming that we're trying to become yogis, true yogis, meaning we're trying to unify our consciousness with God, then the only way to do that is by achieving the state of Christ consciousness by achieving the state of consciousness, truly the experience, not just the mental thought, the experience that our consciousness expands and that we see ourselves as divine. And in that perception of ourselves as being divine, we also perceive that there is nothing in existence that cannot have that same divinity. And therefore, we feel our unity with everything in existence, because that divinity is at the heart of everything in existence. Every atom, every subatomical party, every quantum spin, everything has that divinity at its fundamental center because we are an expression of that consciousness. God did not create us like a potter creates a pot. He didn't have any mud or clay to work with. It came out of his consciousness in the same way that a dream world comes out of our consciousness every evening. Master said that we dream, spiritually we dream because it shows us how God created the universe. And so we understand by that that our consciousness creates a universe. In that same way, God has created this universe that we are in. And in our dream world, everything, every leaf, every atom, every street, every person, everything is contains the seed of our own consciousness, doesn't it? I mean, that's self-evident in a dream. In God's dream, everything contains and is made up of the essence of His divinity or of His consciousness. And so our job is simply to take away the veil of delusion that makes us think that we're separate So it's as if in our dream at night, instead of all those little dream characters that we have just being uh, kind of helpless creatures of our dream, it's as if each of them has some divine freedom of will, freedom of choice. And they can choose to stay in the dream or they can choose to try to wake up And so we have chosen to try to wake from this dream, this mass dream of consciousness. And that's what sets us on the path of becoming yogis. That's what sets us on the path of achieving that state that no man cometh unto the Father but by that state of consciousness. And so we're on that pathway. So, being on that pathway, how do we how do we make progress? How do we get there? How do we achieve that state of consciousness? Well, Master said that the highest prayer. I love this as the highest prayer because it seems so unprayer-like. He said the highest prayer is, "I will act, I will reason, I will will." I will act, but guide thou my reason, will, and activity to the right thing in every path. And so that, that threefold aspect of reason or consciousness, will, of energy flow, and action is the pathway that we all have to tread In order to get to that state of consciousness, we have to combine all three of those together directionally to lead us to that state of consciousness. And so when we talk about reason or consciousness or the mind, that's what we did yesterday. It all, everything begins with consciousness. The world, when God creates, this dream world it starts first with consciousness then with energy and finally with matter but fundamentally it's consciousness and so our consciousness has to try to become aligned with that state of consciousness which we call Christ consciousness because why? because we can't come unto the Father except through that state of consciousness. And so it starts there, and it starts with, as I say yesterday, we had the eight-hour meditation, this long, long tradition started by Master back in 1931. And so it's been continued year after year after year ever since that time. By the way, just a personal footnote. Yesterday was my 50th anniversary of my first eight-hour meditation. It was in wow. Swami's apartment in San Francisco. And so every year since 1967, I've participated in that, in, in that one might say exercise of doing the best that we can to a, align our consciousness with the Christ Consciousness. Master said that we should have a spiritual Christmas and a social Christmas. The spiritual Christmas is to not just worship the Christ, but to try to become the Christ in that long meditation. But that's just one meditation out of the year. If you leave it at that, it doesn't quite work. It's about the equivalent of saying that I'll have a big meal on Christmas, and then I don't need to eat the rest of the year. (laughs) No, you need to eat every day. And so you need to try with your consciousness, with the reason, with the mind, to move into that state of awareness until finally you go beyond the mind and you have the actual experience of that state of consciousness which is beyond the confines of the mind. Secondly, is the flow of energy. So it's not enough just to reason. We have to bring that into manifestation. Master So that's the will. Master said that will is desire plus energy directed toward a particular goal. So in this case, our divine will is our desire to go into that state of consciousness, but we can't just be passively dreamy about it. We have to bring all of our energy to that. All of our life force, one might say, has to flow in that direction. And then finally, we have to bring that reason and will into our activity. And so it's not enough to worship Christ. It's not enough to worship that state of consciousness. It's not enough to worship Jesus or to believe in Jesus. That won't get us there. We have to try to act like Jesus. Master said one of the most beautiful of all books, one of the very, very few that he read, was The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Just in that title gives us the direction, the clue to what our activity should be. Our activity should be as much as possible to imitate Jesus, to imitate the yogi Christ of India, to become, through our activity, like a yogi Christ. And when we act in that imitation of Jesus, that's when the consciousness of Jesus becomes reborn within us. And as I say, it's not enough to worship Jesus on Christmas or in one long meditation each year. We have to do that continually over and over and over again. Not worshipping Jesus, but worshipping really the reflection of Jesus within our own self. But if we think to worship our self because we're still in, caught in delusion, then if we worship our delusional self, it doesn't get us very far. Nonetheless, we have to realize that hidden behind that delusion of separation and matter attachment is a divine self. And that divine self is worthy of being worshipped by our egoic self because that state of consciousness can't lie outside of what we define as our self. It is the achievement of the higher self, but not outside of our self. It is our own intrinsic nature. And so we can worship that, but we can't worship that intrinsic nature that has become deluded into thinking as Swami Kriyananda put defined the ego a bundle of self definitions. We have this infinite consciousness. We're all the stars, we're all the planets, we're all the galaxies, and we're beyond that in all beyond time and space and then all of a sudden we think that we're a man or a woman and that we're five feet eight inches tall and that we have a certain position and that we're right-handed not left-handed and all those bundles of self-definition there are many of them let's say that we have a thousand self-definitions that are in that bundle but that Thousand definitions just form a cage, the bars of a cage, that keep us from our infinity. And so we have to break those self-definitions, and that's done by aligning our reason, will, and activity to the Christ consciousness. And so, if we can do that, then every day becomes Christmas. If we can do that, then every day becomes an opportunity to give gifts to other people. Because Jesus never thought of receiving. He thought only of giving. So much so that he was willing to give his life to help others. And we too, if we're going to act in the imitation of Jesus, in the imitation of Christ, have to be willing to give completely, selflessly, lovingly, joyfully. And in that kind of activity, we become free to rise into what is and always has been our true state of consciousness, that of the Christ.
3: I've been asked to present an award to Jatish from the Sullivan Ballou Fund, which was founded by Bruce and Melissa Peterson of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And for those of you who don't recognize the name Sullivan Ballou, he was not an important historical figure. He was a soldier in the American Civil War who perished in the very first days of the war. But he epitomized someone who willingly and joyfully gave his life for a higher cause. And uh, I'd like to read to you what uh, Bruce and Alyssa have written. The Sullivan Balu Fund is a nonprofit foundation that honors those who act from the heart. We've been doing this lovely work for over ten years now, making thousand-dollar awards and offering testimonials at a wide variety of community events and organizations. The burst of energy for this foundation came from the meditation at Ananda, During our first visits there, we were very moved by this community and the pervading sense of love that you convey. Upon returning home, we determined to seek out that loving, focused energy in the world around us and to affirm and honor those who express that love by giving selflessly to others. Since the inception of this foundation, we have recognized 87 individuals who have nurtured those around them through their loving hearts in action. And so it is with great pleasure that we come full circle and celebrate Jyotish, whose love, loyalty, diligence, and compassion exemplify all the powerful goodness in Ananda. And along with him, we celebrate all of you who participate in what is really a spiritual engine, radiating out from the transforming energy of Jesus Christ, Parman Yugananda, and the spiritual masters. This is a happy moment for us. There's great gratitude in our celebration of Jyotish and gratitude that there is Ananda in the world.
1: Oh, that's